Hello, my name is Kristen, and you're listening to this week's episode of Let the Beat Drop. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Go With Your Gut. I took a poll on Instagram to see what people wanted to know about, and the overwhelming majority of people mentioned things that revolved around chronic stomach issues. I tried to find the origin of the phrase, you are what you eat, but like most things on the internet, there was no definitively clear origin of the first person who was attributed with coining this term. Think of your body like a well-oiled machine. Imagine that your body is the car of your dreams. Whether you're thinking of a Ferrari, a Bentley, a McLaren, a Lamborghini, all of these cars have one thing in common. Well, two actually. They're all expensive and they all take premium gas. Would you ever go to the gas station in a Ferrari and fill it up with standard fuel? Absolutely not. Why? These are performance cars. They're luxury cars. But the thing is that so is your body. And it's time that we start treating it that way. Every piece of food and every ounce of water that you put in your body is used to regenerate cells, rebuild your muscles, keep you warm, defend your body against foreign invaders, and so many other tasks. Naturally, what you eat is critical to how you will function. Your stomach houses trillions of bacteria, fungi, and microbes. It is a perfectly delicate balance of everything that it needs. There's also a really large nerve that runs from your brain all the way down through your digestive system, and this is called the vagus nerve. Your vagus nerve is what controls your fight or flight response when you're in times of trouble or worry, or it can be what activates your rest and digest or your parasympathetic nervous system. Some of you may be having flashbacks from things that you might have learned in biology class. Think about your brain and your gut like Fred and George Weasley. Yes, this is a Harry Potter reference. To be successful, you need both of them to perform at their best. Your stomach houses over 90% of your body's serotonin. Most people think about serotonin and imagine the brain. But serotonin is a hormone that helps control your emotions. When your serotonin levels aren't balanced, you can find yourself feeling anxious or depressed. Some people have trouble sleeping or may suffer from things like chronic bloating or nausea. Some people have already seen doctors and been diagnosed with something like irritable bowel syndrome. Autoimmune diseases and chronic medical conditions such as diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, muscular dystrophy, multiple sclerosis, and fibromyalgia have all been associated with a dysfunction in your microbiome. This is where all of your gut bacteria lives. So what can you do to make sure your gut is working in tip-top shape? One, take a probiotic. Fermented foods are a natural probiotic. In the past couple of years, these have really boomed. Some recent examples are kefir yogurt, which is found next to regular yogurts, kombucha tea, also sold at your local grocery store, miso, the thing that's in the soup when you go to Asian restaurants, and tempeh, which is found in the plant-based section of your local grocery store. Some people want to take natural probiotic supplements, and then they usually ask me something along the lines of, how do I know which probiotic to buy? Or they bring in a little bottle and say, I've been taking this. Is this one good? Great question. So I looked online and I saw that health experts are recommending probiotics that have at least 1 billion colony forming units in them. And they should contain one of these three genuses, either lactobacillus, bifidobacterium, 
or Saccharomyces boulardii. I know that sounds like blah, 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 but these are the top three and the most researched probiotics and having these present in your gut biome increases all of the well-functioning parts of your body. The next thing that you can do are try prebiotics. Most of you are going, what is that? So probiotics are the bacteria that live in your stomach and bacteria need food too. Bacteria eat prebiotics. Prebiotics can be found in foods like bananas, garlic, asparagus, onions, and things that are rich in whole grains. One of my favorite whole grain breads is Dave's Killer Bread, which is also found at most local grocery stores. Another thing that you can do to increase your gut health is increase your daily intake of fiber. The average American is definitely not eating enough fiber and suffers from bloating, chronic gas, or burping, and constipation. Some of the foods that are highest in fiber are beans, berries, avocados, popcorn, apples, or broccoli. Interestingly enough, another thing that has been shown to increase your gut health is eating less sugar. By sugar, I'm also going to include artificial sweeteners. Most people think that, especially um, diabetic patients, that if you cut back on regular sugar and you increase your consumption of artificial sweeteners like Splenda, Sweet and Low, NutraSweet, you're going to do better things for your body. But studies are actually showing that these sugars probably contribute to developing uh, or worsening conditions such as metabolic syndrome, obesity, type 2 diabetes, and cardiovascular disease, which in layman's terms is something like high cholesterol, increased risk of heart attacks, strokes, and clogging of your arteries. So in other words, it's probably best to just have small amounts of natural brown cane sugar instead of putting three packets of Splenda in your morning coffee. This is probably the most controversial one, but also the most important, and that's to eat less red meat. Red meat like beef and pork or processed deli meats like uh, turkey slices and ham are the reason why cancer rates in the US are at an astronomical all-time high. With our ultra-processed meat factories and the addition of antibiotics and hormones in our animals, the meat that you think you're eating, no matter how good you say it tastes, is one of the worst things that you can put in your body. No, this is not an ad for you to go vegan. No, this is not an ad promoting vegetarianism. This is just stating facts. A meta-analysis of 29 studies of meat consumption and colon cancer concluded that a high consumption of red meat, which means eating red meat more than once or twice a week, increased your risk of developing colon cancer by 28%. And a high consumption of processed meat, which includes any kind of meats that you're buying sliced from the deli or anything with nitrites in it, increases your risk of developing cancer by 20%. Meat also takes up to two to three days for you to fully digest. That's a really long time for this to be sitting in your stomach. This leads to bloating, fatigue, sleeping more than usual, constipation, and increased burping, belching, or flatulence. So if you've been looking for a reason to cut back on red meat, this is your sign. The next thing that you can do to improve your gut health is exercise. You, sit, you, you might think this sounds counterintuitive, but exercise has already been shown to increase the growth of certain kinds of good bacteria in your gut. And when they say exercise, um, they actually didn't reference anything about weights. They're just talking about mainly aerobic exercise. So HIIT training, running, biking, swimming, rowing, things like that. This next one's a no-brainer, sleep. Sleep improves your gut health. 
Sleep improves the ability for your body to repair itself. The recommended amount of hours of sleep is seven to eight hours. Sleep should be non-negotiable. Poor sleep habits lead to a myriad of other concerns. Put your phone on do not disturb. Zone off into dreamland. It's good for you. It's good for your gut. And last but not least, to improve your gut health, you can cut back on stress. I know everyone's like, how can I do that? Work less hours if you're able to. Try to practice meditation. Increase your ability of doing yoga and other meditative practices. And take less antibiotics. Antibiotics wipe out your gut flora. If you've ever taken amoxicillin or azithromycin on an empty stomach, you've probably ended up with a stomach ache or diarrhea. This was probably all your gut bacteria being eradicated from your GI system. This is one of the many reasons why good medical practitioners will not just give you a Z-pack when you come in saying that you have bronchitis or sinus infection and you need antibiotics for it to get better. Antibiotics have lots of consequences, and one of these is messing up the beautiful balance of bacteria in your GI system. So with all of this information, I think this is a good place to wrap up how you can help your GI system. In summary, try probiotics, try prebiotics, increase your daily fiber intake, cut back on sugar or get rid of artificial sweeteners, eat less red meat, exercise, get a good night's sleep, practice stress-reducing techniques, and avoid taking antibiotics whenever possible. As always, this information does not replace a personal consult with a gastroenterologist or medical professional. These are the current recommendations and advice published by leading researchers and medical schools, and all of this information is available for free online if you search on PubMed or look into leading institutions such as Harvard Health Publishing, BBC Foods, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and many more. If you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to me. Stay tuned for next week's episode of Let the Beat Drop.